Hello, and welcome to episode 5 of Jabbering with Jeremy. I'm so glad to be here after a day's break, and I'm joined by two very special guests talking about another interesting topic. So I'm joined today with my two friends, Andrew Kaplowitz and Craig Carroll. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. Doing well, thank you. Of course, I'm so glad um, to have you on the show today, and we will be talking about, like I just said, a really cool topic that is unique to both Craig and ACAP. Oh, and um, ACAP's name is Andrew Kaplowitz, but I will refer to him mostly in this podcast as ACAP, because that's a nickname that I call him. Thank so, you for the, for the clarification. Oh, of course, of course. So, um... Our topic today is childhood hometown. How does the environment one is raised in affect their personalities and experiences? So ACAP is um, born and raised in New York City, and Craig is um, lives in Scarsdale, like myself. And because we live in such different contrasting um, locations, we actually have really different experiences that actually shape the way that we turn out, believed or not. And um, because of these various, or not various, but these two locations the three of us live in, um, we are the person that we are today. So um, I'm going to start off with ACAP. So can you just tell me your likes and dislikes of living in the city? Um... I love um, the diversity. There are a lot of varying cultures in New York City, and going to a New York City public school has been one of like my favorite things about being in the city because I get to make so many friends with so many of so many different ethnicities and so many different cultures. And I think that's really important um, when making friends and socializing with new people. Um, a dislike is probably just the fact that everything's so crowded mm. and things are super touristy. Like, for example, I've never been to the Statue of Liberty. Wow. Because everyone is, like, always going to it. And it's like, I absolutely hate the Times Square neighborhood because it's so crowded. Mm. So I don't like that everything is so touristy, but it is a really special city, so I understand why. Hmm. Interesting. So um, I'm going to go back to the diversity part. That is something that I wish the suburbs has that it definitely lacks, which is pretty disappointing. Um, There is a term used to describe Scarsdale, kind of that we live in a bubble, not an actual bubble, obviously, but um, this, the town and like the neighboring towns are so non-diverse. It's kind of, we're, we're, we're like blind to see what's actually there and what the real world is like so Craig do you have any um experiences with this quote-unquote bubble and do you wish that um Scarsdale and neighboring suburbs are more like the city definitely I totally agree with ACAP that it's such an important value to have in your upbringing and in your education to be alongside people of other cultures and while I definitely have friends um who practice Islam, or I have a lot of friends that practice Judaism and plenty that practice Christianity. Um, and I have Hispanic friends, but 
I know all these people, but I would not call Scarsdale a diverse environment, Mm -hmm. which is actually quite upsetting to think about when you hear people saying, oh, Scarsdale's so liberal, like everyone's a Democrat, everyone, you know, cares about progress and equality. But when you look at it, our population does not reflect that. And it's actually quite sad to think about that um, because we're living in such a time in the past week where so much awareness has been um, brought up related to race relations and um, the black community in our country. Um, A really important discussion has actually been started in the past few days in Scarsdale over whether we need to make urgent change with regard to our population. and a petition was started to create um, affordable housing in Scarsdale so that we can integrate more uh, diverse racial and ethnic um, populations into our education system. And Jeremy, if you don't mind, I will send that link to you. Yes, if you don't mind putting please. it in the description after. I think it would be really important. Absolutely. Yeah, um, I, I have seen the same petition that Craig is talking about where... Um, where people are trying to make change and make Scarsdale as diverse as you as possible. Obviously, it's really hard to change an entire town that's mostly white and um ha- has been white for many years right now, but um definitely change should be enacted and um we can start with the little things which is the petition. So I will definitely put that on the Instagram account for you guys all to look at. Um, Craig, I liked what you were saying about the political spectrum, and that kind of brings me to my next point about ACAP, for ACAP. Um, New York City is known, and also really big cities are known to be mostly liberal and, um, and, and just democratic. So, ACAP, have you maybe, um, witnessed anything regarding, um this the extreme political spectrum and um like this also brings me to my to the current protests that are occurring in your city right now which we will definitely acknowledge so acap what are what have you noticed um surrounding politics and have you seen maybe just like one side being presented instead of hearing both sides um, I don't know if this comes as a surprise, but it's not as one-sided as you may think. Mm-hmm. Um, in my, uh, in the first half of my senior year, we were taking a gov class, and while the majority of my class was definitely liberal, or like leaning towards liberal, um, there were definitely a few conservatives, and um, I definitely I'm okay with that. I think it's good to have um, more debate and more discussion in a class like that. I don't like when things are one-sided. And um, I will be open to their opinions for the most part. Um, but also going back to what you're talking about, about like experiences I've had um, with the Parkland shooting, um, we were sophomores. We had like a, a school walkout mm. and most people from my school did walk out. Um, and we like raised the orange balloons and all that. And I thought that was really special and important. Yeah. We also have... Uh, New York City schools also 
were doing like frequent climate change walkouts mm. like two or three times a year i didn't partake in those but um i know a lot of students did and those are also really important so yeah absolutely um so that that's a great point and i i did not know that and um i'm glad to hear that there um is political diversity among your school and among the city um so i would like to go to uh, another point is so city kids are known for being like pretty independent i mean like when when did what at what age did you start taking the subway by yourself yeah so i would take the school bus every day up until sixth grade Mm. and then in sixth grade um my parents wanted me to start taking the mta buses because those are still a little bit more safe than the subways Mm -hmm. but the subways are just faster than the buses yeah so i started sorted i sort of started to take the subway in seventh grade wow so seventh grade is how old 12 13 13 yeah around there wow so um i feel like for for sub suburb kids um that's probably around the age where we take the train alone but obviously the train is much more um not safer but definitely more open so people can see see everything that's going on so um yeah and i i don't really know when my parents started um letting me take the subway by myself when i would um go into the city i also did not know how to take the subway myself it's kind of um it could be confusing at times so when i when i visit you in the um in the city i would take the subway with you because you know what you're doing you're a city kid yeah i feel like jeremy probably the first time that we took i know definitely the first time i took a train alone was definitely with you to visit ACAP. Mm. um so i think that was probably like eighth grade maybe ninth yeah but um oh well no i remember one time this is kind of a tangent i'm sorry but i remember one time we were going to visit ACAP in ninth grade and we were both like reading our lines for the (laughs) shakespeare festival midsummer night's dream so that was definitely ninth grade but I don't think I took the subway the first time until I was in, like, 10th grade, probably. Are you talking about with ACAP or by yourself? Um, with anyone. With my parents, I, I was born in the city, but I moved very, very, when I was very, very young. Mm. So I'm assuming I probably, like, took naps on the subway. I don't know. <laughs> sure. Um, and I have probably been on the subway with my parents, like, throughout my life when we went into the city for whatever reason yeah but like without an adult i think the first time was probably ninth or tenth grade i see yeah i also feel like well it's strange for maybe you guys that i take the subway to school it's a bit strange for me that you guys like drive to school huh i have i took my uh learner's permit test three months ago and i have never thank you um i've never i've never driven a car before and I'm 18 years old. Yeah. So while that is something I feel like I will need to learn, like right now it's not the most important thing for me. Absolutely. Like, my question for you guys is when did you like start driving on your own to school or things like that? Well, for me, I started driving to school um, when I was able to. So like I got my full license 
in October of 2018. Mm-hmm. Does that, yeah. yeah. Um, and from there, that's when I started driving. Obviously, I have had practice, tons of practice with my parents, uh, my older sister, but um, what once... Driver's Ed. Driver's Ed also, yes. Um, but once I was legally allowed to drive with by myself, I personally did feel comfortable. So, um, yeah. What about you, Craig? Yeah, same with me. I started driving literally the day that I got my license. My, I drove to school from my road test on my own. I was like, okay, I'm done. Like, I want to. I want to do this myself. <laughs> um, but like when I was younger, I would sometimes walk to school. I happened to live pretty close to my elementary school. I think probably by like fourth grade, I would walk with just my friends, like my neighbors. But I mean, obviously that's different than taking the subway because it's the suburbs and we're walking down random side streets. But um, that that was like the first time that I had, you know, independent transportation, Mm. right? We just walked on my own and then middle (laughs) school, I took the bus. So after sixth grade, I didn't really become independent until the end of 11th grade. I see. Interesting. Um, I just find it very fascinating that little things like driving to school yeah, is definitely. kind of strange to ACAP. Like, that's such a normal thing that I do when we did have school. Um, and compared to ACAP, like, that's so weird. Why would anyone drive to school? And same for you. Um, me and Craig might think it's strange how you take the subway by yourself to school. And obviously it's a normal thing that people do in the city. To me, it's just, it's like, it just seems so hard to time. I know. It seems like you really have to be paying attention. You might have to transfer train or subway uh, cars. Yeah. I mean, my stop for my school is the last stop in Manhattan. So if I fall asleep, which has happened once before, I'll end up in Brooklyn. Oh, no. Which isn't like the end of the world, but it does take five minutes to get to Brooklyn and then it takes another five minutes to come back and you also have to wait for a train mm. so you pretty much lose like 12 to 15 yeah minutes. that is hard wow um okay so uh if you know me you know that I'm a foodie um <laughs> so um I wanna I wanna speak to both Craig and ACAP but um ACAP first there are obviously tons of restaurants and food places and dessert places, etc. in New York City. How um how have you become exposed in many um ethnic food cultures with that? And also, um just you can name a few of your favorite restaurants if you'd like. Um, I think one special experience stands out in particular. I was like maybe 10 or 11 at the time i was watching an episode of the simpsons which is my favorite tv show and um marge bart and lisa um they were headed home and they got like their car like ran out of gas or something so they were stuck in this like city and or this like town and there was this ethiopian restaurant and um they ended up eating ethiopian food and they ended up really liking it Mm. And it looked so good on the TV. (laughs) (laughs) 
So um, I asked my dad, I was like, oh, um, I saw this episode of The Simpsons and they were eating Ethiopian food. Do you think we could like get any Ethiopian food around here? He's like, yeah, of course, it's New York City. So we went downtown to this Ethiopian restaurant. It was so good. I don't know the name of the restaurant, but I'm really glad that New York City has literally every single yeah. cuisine possible. Interesting. I mean, of course, when we go to New York City, I there are, I'm sure, hundreds of hundreds, probably even more, restaurants um, that people have access to, which is so amazing because... Um, it, it just encourages even more diversity, which is so good because, um, that's what makes, you know, the world a more interesting, amusing place. Um, so obviously there are restaurants in the suburbs, like, I'm not talking, like, we, we don't live in the middle of nowhere, um, (laughs) but I'm sure there are just so many options so many there are many more options um in the city craig do you have anything to add yeah um i feel like like you said there are definitely restaurants in the suburbs and there are plenty of different cultures represented like i live right near um a sort of like a small town center and there's a mediterranean restaurant uh, an italian restaurant a mexican restaurant an indian restaurant and um frozen yogurt place <laughs> so you know restaurant right what? what's the name of the place oh yes yes thank you that's what i was trying to think oh of. yeah it's a Chinese village. restaurant village. amazing amazing <laughs> scallion pancakes you know so like good. scallion pancakes what is wrong with you um <laughs> but yeah so there's definitely like a lot of representation in the suburbs but there's infinite in the city like if i looked up a random country and said to my parents, I'd like to go to a restaurant with food from this country. They'd probably be like, oh, there's one in the city, but not, oh, there's one in Mamaroneck. Oh, or, oh, there's one in Eastchester, which are towns near us. Um, Because that's just like, not, there's not that many options. Exactly. When I think about like the nice restaurant, quote unquote, um, restaurants I've been to, or, you know, food experiences um i feel like most of them are in the city yeah um i mean going back to what acap was saying like let's just say acap lived in the suburbs and watched that same simpsons episode i i don't know in the suburbs where you can find ethiopian food i'm sure there is an ethiopian restaurant somewhere close (laughs) but um i'm sure it was just a subway ride or yeah. two away for ACAP, so that's that's good to have it close in proximity. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's my take on food. And ACAP, I really liked what you said about um, the, the tourist aspect of New York City. So have you ever, I mean, New York City is a city that heavily re- relies on tourism, um that's where they make a lot of their money um so like i mean and that also boosts diversity although they're not living in the city you just see so many people from different um countries so um what have what has been your experience with that have you you know um maybe like have you had to help 
a tourist find their way in the city? Have you, uh, I, I don't know, what, what yeah. has been your experience? I mean, first of all, there's definitely stereotypes with the New Yorker. Like, you can just look around and you can tell who is a New Yorker and who is not. <laughs> yeah. If someone's holding a map, if they're wearing an I Heart New York shirt, they're a tourist. <laughs> really? It's not from here. Um, if you're in Times Square, um, a lot of people are tourists. I think a big one is if you're walking extremely slow, you're not from here. <laughs> if you're a New Yorker, you're a, a fast walker. Um, but yeah, I've I've been asked for help numerous times. It usually happens um, when I'm headed home from school and I'm on the subway platform, um, and um, people will be like, um, "I need help." like getting to a certain place like am i on the right uh side of the platform or am i at the right train station and i'll be like yeah just hop on this train and go up like three stops or something like that so yeah i do help people wow that's interesting and um so two things one so here's a story i was um for a field trip i was at the whitney museum one time and um i uh after like i decided to stay in the city after the buses left because my dad works in the city so i was maybe going to pay him a visit and also just walk around um after the trip had concluded and i was on the subway and i i had to ask someone for help it was <laughs> it was hard i i mean that also was the first time i had taken the subway literally by myself, not even with the help of a um a New York City native, but um. It's yeah, it it was challenging for me, and I did feel a bit embarrassed having to ask someone to help. Um. So Craig, have you done any of the New York City tourist stuff? I'm sure you have because yeah, I I also I have. have. Um. So what what have you done? <laughs> I'll cut through with you what I've done as well. Oh, yeah, okay. okay. Honestly, I probably feel like... I feel like I've probably done more. I'm sure, yeah. Um, Like, as I said, I was born in the city. My brother lived in the city much longer than I did. Um, He lived in the city until he was six, because he's four years older than me. Um, And he didn't go to, like... I don't think he went to the Empire State Building until he was, like, 14. Hmm. I think I've went once. Yeah. I've been... I think I've, only... I think I've been to the Empire State Building once. I've been to the Statue of Liberty. So that's one on you. <laughs> yeah. um, I've never been ice skating at Rockefeller Center, but I have gone to the top of the rock. Hmm. I've gone to the top of the rock. I've been to the rink, like, numerous times, but I've mm-hmm. never actually ice skated. Yeah, same, same. Fun fact, I like, have ice skated. What? You, like, eaten down there? Yes, I have. Mm. My I dad have worked in Rockefeller Center for a long time, so um, oh, so it's... Used to, like doing the stuff there. But... So um, I've ice skated once. I have witnessed yeah. a um proposal on the on Are the you... ice. Aww. I mean, I've only ice skated there once, and the one time I was there, someone um proposed to someone, and I also, <laughs> a cap. Have you ever seen? I'm sure you have. Maybe just like passing by the, uh, Christmas tree, all lit up. Yes, there's oh, yeah. a really big one um, right near my school because I'm right near the stock exchange. Mm. Oh, massive tree on up every single year. Hmm. So that's always speaking of 
witnessing proposals, how many Yankees or Mets games have you gone yeah. to? Oh, oh, yeah. I thought you were going to say how many proposals have you seen? I've never seen one. <laughs> um, I've never been to a Mets game. When I was younger, I would go to Yankees games, but I'm not a huge baseball person. Mm. Me neither. <laughs> so, like, not as much. I do have a lot of memories, though, at the old Yankee Stadium, mm. going there a lot. I barely have been to the new Yankee Stadium. I go to Madison Square Garden a lot. Oh, that's that's cool. Yeah. I have one memory at a baseball game. I actually, I don't remember if it was a Mets or Yankees game, <laughs> but I this was in second grade and I couldn't see the scoreboard. And my mom was like, you should be able to see that. And I was like, I can't. She was like, okay, you need glasses. So that's why I have glasses now. <laughs> wow. Oh my God. So, um, ACAP, where do you predominantly get your, like, what do you do for fun? I don't know. Do you... Um, do you like to go to plays and watch concerts or um, go go to museums or do you more do like the um, Knicks games, the hockey games? What do you do? Yeah, um, I do a lot of what you said. Um, when I'm hanging out with like my brother, we'll usually go to sports games. Um, but I mean, like, I think another huge difference between the city and like the suburbs is we can't just go, oh, let's all hang out at Blank's house. Like, mm. let's all just hang out there for a while. Like, that doesn't really work. Like, yes, you can do that um, in the city. Like, you know, I'll say, let's go to someone's apartment. But I think more times than not, people choose to meet up at locations, like yeah. food places or um, certain activities and do stuff there. Like, for example, um, for my friend's birthday party, a few years ago we all just met up at an escape room and we did that mm. and then um instead of like going back to her place or whatever we all just um went to the shake shack like um the original shake shack in like the downtown area mm-hmm. so um yeah we sort of just do that instead it's never really just to hang out like we're always doing something on top of that at least that's how it is for me yeah that makes sense i mean also your school it's not like for the suburbs um where you go to school based on where you live like there are five elementary schools and you go to one of them because you live in a certain area no you're all scattered do you have any friends who like live not in manhattan like maybe brooklyn or exactly so like i have uh there's definitely probably someone at my school in the bronx but there's a ton of um, people from Manhattan, Brooklyn, and Queens. Hmm. So. so, like, I feel like um, you might not meet at someone's house, or, sorry, house, not, um, apartment, because yeah. um, <laughs> it, there might be a closer location in between all of your friends. I don't know. Um, so, ACAP, what, ha- have you taken advantage of I mean, New York City is a huge hub for art and, um, you know, just paintings, sculptures, etc. Have you taken advantage of any of that? Um, I mean, I, I definitely have. Um, with my school, we have like an extra credit thing where if you go to an art museum, yes, I say museum, okay? Not museum, <laughs> art museum. Art museum. Go to an art museum, um, and you take a photo of 
the painting or like the sculpture or whatever artwork it is and you just write up a little bit about it you get extra credit mm. so that definitely gave me like an increased incentive to go to these museums that makes sense but um <laughs> i've been to the moma numerous times i went with you guys once. yes it was twice very funny Twice. definitely <laughs> um touched the artwork <laughs> talk to you by a security guard for kicking a rock or something like that Oh, um the this this rock was yeah. actually part of the um artwork not just yeah yeah but it wasn't like i totally ruined it like the security guard witnessed me accidentally <laughs> moving the rock a half an inch with my foot if you had not been watching me you would not be able to tell i don't <laughs> even think the artist if he came to the museum to pay a visit would have been able to tell and that is why i will never return to the moma because they are too uptight and i feel like <laughs> i'm so sorry to be like lambasting the museum of modern art on this podcast no god i don't think that's like a fair way to treat people in a an institution that's supposed to be celebrating like freedom of expression and artistic um liberties like obviously i'm not trying to ruin the art i'm not just going to go up to the uh, i don't know starry night and rip it apart with my hands of course but i feel like and at both times that we've been there with you acap i very much appreciate you taking us it's very fun but yeah, definitely went twice. Yeah, I've gone really? to the Whitney one time. And I feel like, not just like with the security cards, um, just like if you bump into somebody, it's always awkward and there's so much tension. And I just always felt too, you know, restricted. And mm. it's the Museum of Modern Art. It's supposed to be more free. Also, um, there are wasn't like a rope making sure that you don't go too close exactly. to the art exactly wait no okay that was the second time you went we went the first time you remember there was just like a, a setup of chairs and you thought it was not an art piece because it oh. look like an art piece and you sat in one of them jeremy yes i i do remember that i don't remember this I, oh my I, god I, it was so I, funny so that was the first time. i remember at the uh, the second time we went like with the rock thing, with the rock incident, um, on one of the floors, there was like a space where you could write something in a book. Mm, and Craig yeah. wrote like, I'm sorry for um, kicking the rock. <laughs> like in the most sarcastic way. He said something like that, it was so funny. That is funny. Oh, that actually is very funny. Okay, so I talked to ACAP a lot about entertainment. Craig, what do you do on your free time in the suburbs? Well, nowadays it's pretty different. I mean, yeah, of course, but like... Um... I feel like we would usually, my friends and I would go into the village, which is like downtown, quote unquote, <laughs> for us. Um, I'd be like... Dinner or lunch, and yes, Langs. ACAP has been to a restaurant in the center of our town a couple of times called Langs. no longer it exists. It is closed now. It's very sad. Um... And honestly, I do feel like this is a weird thing that I haven't really thought about before. But since Lang is closed, I honestly feel like I've hung out in the village less often. Hmm. Interesting. Um, 
And that's the thing. Like, that's the thing with the city. If one place closed, you have countless other options exactly, to go to. Exactly. Um, you're so right, Jeremy. Um, I mean, we definitely have options. Like, I feel like this year I went to Mamernak a lot, which is a neighboring town near mm. you, Jeremy. Yeah. Um, I'm cl- much closer to Hartsdale, Jeremy, as um, like the other side of Scarsdale lives near Mamernak, but, um. Yeah, so definitely like going to restaurants. Sometimes we honestly like just drive around with yeah. like no specific aim. Destination, exactly. Like, where are we going? Um, I will also say though, like, um, with the city, like, you can get overwhelmed by the amount of options. For sure. Like, mm. The fact that people live so far apart from you. So, like, for example, um, with Leah and Georgia. Leah and Georgia are um, I mean, our like, two camp friends. Yes. Leah lives in Brooklyn. Georgia lives in Chelsea. Right. So we're all pretty far apart from each other. Um, it's a bit difficult to make plans on top of the fact that no one out of the three of us wants to be the person that, like, picks the place where we're going. <laughs> so everything's always, like, pretty last minute. Mm. And we were definitely going to do more, like, meetups and whatnot but i think lately it's been easiest to just meet up closest to georgia because she's in the middle i think like, i remember a few times they would come all the way up to me and that was just so pointless yeah like that's such a long commute. i mean although it's a long commute they're they're not physically doing um the work like they're not being the ones who's driving the subway for example um, That's true. They just have to sit and just wait, which is also obviously annoying because they could be spending their time more productively, but they're not physically doing the um, the transportation. Yeah, it's true. Mm. Yeah, That's a good point. Um, I feel like plenty of times, I feel like one thing that we usually do is like a, a common pattern for a night would be like, we go get food somewhere or this could be in the middle of the day as well on a weekend or during a break um we go get food somewhere then we like hang out in the area like if we're in scarsdale if we're just hang out like in on the streets on the benches or in a mm. park and then we'll go back to somebody's house like my friend annie lives really close to scarsdale village we can walk to her house um or sometimes we go into my basement and just you know chill there so it's that's a pretty common thing like do something then go back to someone's house yeah i i agree with that um but also craig mentioned this before a common activity in um suburban life is you just get food or whatever and then after you eat you just drive around with no destination and just like maybe blast music i have so many fond memories of doing that and um Obviously, in the city, it's much harder because you can't really drive. Um, yeah, so, do do you ever do that, like, on the subway? Like, oh, I no, just got... I, I was going to say, like, that would be so weird for, like, me and some friends to be like, let's just get some food, and then when we're done, we're all just going to go on the subway. <laughs> Even if it's farther away from where you live, we're all just going to go in this direction. <laughs> like, that's so strange to me. I don't know. Yeah. Just, like, the late night drive. Yeah, I mean, I feel like... For when you drive, you have control over where you're going to go for um, the subway. However, there's kind of like a fixed route where 
you have to go. Like, if you want to stop somewhere, you also have to stop at this place in order to get to your final destination. All right. So, um, my last point before the our final segment of the quarantine query, um, I wanted to talk about the protests that um, are currently going on right now in this city. I'm sure ACAP might have some experience with that. Maybe he's seen them. I don't know. But um, for the listeners, I'm sure, I mean, you'd be living under a rock if you did not know what is currently going on. But um, there has obviously been a huge number of protests regarding George Floyd's um, death by the police brutality. So um, I definitely wanted to acknowledge that. And um, I just want to tie that into our topic of living in the city and even in suburban life. I mean, you can't do this in rural areas, but in suburban life, there, um, there has been some protests because obviously everyone cares so much about this topic and also it's easy to congregate and especially easy to congregate in um the the city so do you guys have any points to that start yeah sure go for it go for it me or crap go ahead ahead. okay um i haven't been to any protests i haven't seen any but i have heard people um, and that makes me very happy. I will say that, like, while it's great to um, be active on social media, it's obviously not enough. Like, actions need to be louder than words. Of course. I, for one, have not posted on social media um, because, I don't know, I just don't really feel like that's, like, I'm just one voice and everyone else is already spreading, like, these great resources. Mm. And I'm just sort of, like, clicking on all of the links and signing the petitions and donating where I can and things like that. Um, I did change my profile picture to, to a black screen um, mm. to support the movement, obviously. Um, I hear sirens right now, literally, as we speak. Wow. Uh, it's definitely crazy right now, given that curfew's at 8. Yeah, that's like, insane. Um, it was 11 two days ago and now it's eight it's very quiet like i don't really hear much at night but it's you can hear that yeah i can hear it um it's like silent at night now but i'm obviously very proud of the people who've gone out to protest and even for those who haven't gone out to protest we're listening to this like make sure to sign court businesses that are owned by african-americans who can like that's what i've been doing yeah so yeah do what you can social media isn't enough agreed craig do you have anything i totally agree with everything that i kept said i feel like a lot of people i i don't know um i haven't really looked on social media and said oh this person lives in the city oh this person lives in the suburbs like this is what these different people are doing but i feel like um coming from a suburban parent's view i think they are much less likely to want their child to go into the city and participate in the protests and you i could be totally wrong Kat, but um then somebody who lives in this city mm. i feel like if um a parent is, is raising children in the city they are not 
going to be as hesitant to let their kids go. Like I know a couple of my friends really, really want to participate in the protests and they are going to um, when I went yesterday, but she really, really had to like debate with her parents to let her go wow. and fight for this cause because I think a lot of people in the suburbs see it as like dangerous. And Yeah, I mean, on top of the protests, we're also living in a pandemic, which... Exactly. Um, That's is just I'm not out there. Yeah, it, it's just bad timing for all this to happen. Um, all right, so this has been a very exciting talk, and I, per- although we didn't really get to talk about this too much, but I do think um, where you are raised definitely impacts your personality. Um, I think there are some quirks that we might have because I live in the suburbs and ACAT might be lacking because he doesn't live in the suburbs, and with that knowledge, um, he might have some traits that I don't have because of um, the geographical location where he lives in. Alright, so on to the final segment of this podcast. We will be um, telling the listeners our quarantine queries. So I know I say this every week, but just so it's clear if this is might be your first time tuning in, um, a quarantine query is maybe a quote if you'd like to say thank you to someone. Anything, this should not relate to... Um, to um uh childhood hometowns they should relate to the quarantine and if there's anything that you've picked up a new hobby if you now suddenly know something about um yourself that you didn't know this is your time so would you like me to go first or do you guys want to go um great so (laughs) i'll go first so my quarantine query is i'd like to thank all of the teachers this is this pandemic has been such a hard um time for everyone especially the teachers were not prepared to teach their um students on zoom i mean that uh teaching is a lot obviously academic and um educational but also there is an emotional aspect which zoom i don't really think um can carry over because you might see a student struggling in class and just based on their body gestures know that okay maybe I'll spend another day on this topic tomorrow but on zoom it's really hard to pick um to pick up messages like that so I think the teachers have done an amazing job at least for uh Scarsdale I don't know about um the city or anywhere else but um yeah I'd just like to thank the teachers thank you guys for doing what you do and educating us um i have a shout out yes um obviously like we were sort of just talking about it but i feel like um coronavirus like the pandemic if not less acknowledged mm. um and it's still like very important so i just wanted to thank healthcare workers um for all that they do yeah, amazing. Every every day at seven o'clock, people still cheer for healthcare workers. Um, so I just think that's amazing, and um, the death rate is still gradually decreasing. Mm-hmm. It's slowly decreasing, but it is decreasing, and that's that's great. Especially, and that's also a big positive because um, with so many people outside and like pretty close together with these protests, we're not seeing any like huge increases in cases or anything. Yeah, not, not yet. I don't want to jinx anything. Like, I'm knocking on wood. I really hope that doesn't happen for these people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. 
I just wanted to thank healthcare workers. That's a good one. Thank you so much for sharing. Craig, last but not least. Yeah, um, I know you said a, a quote is an option. So yes. a quote that I've seen a, a couple of times throughout the past week um, with regard to um, police brutality, protests, and um, race relations has been um, by Desmond Tutu. Um, I think it's, um, if you choose silence, you are choosing the side of the oppressor. Hmm. Or maybe if you choose neutrality, I'm not sure. But um I think that's such an important yeah. quote and I've been trying to follow that as much as I can. Um, like I haven't been holding back with any sort of um, statement or opinion that I feel I need to share and I still definitely have a long way to go, but I've been trying to follow that as much as I can. And also with coronavirus, I, I like it really angers me that a lot of people are not they're still not social distancing. And by not social distancing, I don't mean going into the city to protest for a really important cause. By not social distancing, I mean hanging out with their friends in their basements or the backyards mm. and hugging and like contributing to the length of the quarantine. Um, so I have definitely tried to, you know, not stay silent about that and call people out if they're not following. Good for you. Like ACAP was saying, I, I don't want um, there to be a rise in cases because of these protests, because they're so important. And that would just be really upsetting. Absolutely. Me. I but, mean, yeah. The... I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. Yes, so am I. I mean, the curve will flat flatten once everyone um, does their part and stays six feet apart. Um, so, yeah, just keep on keep on socially distancing. I know times like these are very difficult and might urge you to not social distance, but this pandemic is totally still apparent and we definitely should be doing our part. All right, this was this was a fun podcast. Um thank you for having me. I thank you for, for coming. I'm I'm so I'm I was so honored to speak with you guys. So, um until tomorrow. Thank you guys.